Picture this, it's 2019 before the pandemic. My friend Dimitri and I are scouring the web to find details on where to go for a trip to Europe. Once we landed, we came to find out that the places we wanted to go were either out of business or closed for the day due to a holiday. This is why I wish Wonder Like Me existed. It's an app that pairs you, the traveler, with the local to create a trip itinerary. Today, we are talking to the founder and chief wanderer, Lauren McCullough, about all things travel. Thanks for being here, Lauren. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be part of the show this week. So, Lauren, I always allow my guests to introduce themselves. So let the audience know uh, what's Wonder Like Me and how I, how I got started. Yeah, sure. So my name is Lauren, like you said, Chief Wanderer. I'm Canadian, but lived in New York for a really long time. And I'm currently based in the Bahamas, um, working with my husband on uh, kite boat cruises. But as Chief Wanderer, I am uh, the leader of Wander Like Me. And Wander Like Me is, um, our mission really is to provide local experiences and helping people travel more like local. And we do so through three different types of products. Um, we develop itineraries to help you plan your trip. So they're daily itineraries um, that walk you through three activities so that you can kind of have a virtual travel agent that really helps you plan what you're gonna do and see throughout the week. Um, so that's one thing that we do. The other thing is we have a live chat with all of our locals in each of the cities. So if you have questions around COVID or you have questions about um, if you should get like how much a taxi costs from the airport to your hotel or where's the best place to eat Italian food in the middle of the Bahamas, for instance, <laughs> Um, our locals give you like immediate answers through that live chat. And then the last thing that Wander does is we have kind of a local Google map. So you can geolocate where you are and see what our locals recommend nearby. And they'll tell you again, an itinerary. You can instantly download those itineraries that are close by and, and wander like a local. So all of our recommendations are based out of our local community, the itineraries, the live chat. So we're really a platform that connects the locals with travelers. When we first met, we spoke about what we're both doing, um, me running my startup at Curry, but you running your company. You said something that was so like phenomenal was when you were traveling by plane and you heard someone ask if they're local and what they should do. And I was like, like that, like I've been there so many times where I like I'm going to Portugal or I'm going to France. I don't know what's happening or what to do there. It just makes sense to just connect the locals, right? And I thought it was such a smart idea. Yeah. Yeah. So the idea really came out of like you said, like my own travel experiences. Um, you know, I do some planning and reading and I kind of know what there is to see and do, but I really want to try and avoid the mainstream kind of fabricated tourism stuff and really understand the culture, the people, the history. And to do that is really talking to the people in the community. Um, and so that's how I used to travel. I would like ask people that I met on the streets, like where they would go and eat. And like, sometimes you get authentic 
um, recommendations and sometimes you get like the usual stuff that's on TripAdvisor. But I, I was like, oh, I really wish, especially in countries where I don't speak the language, like Iceland or like I don't speak Italian and, and translation or Greece even, like a lot of stuff is in Greek. Um, it's really nice to be able to connect to someone who speaks your language and, and give you those recommendations. Um, yeah, and I was noticing more and more like, sure, people like an Airbnb experience, but I don't want to be in a group tour all the time. And so this is kind of more of tips and tricks and helping you explore on your own as as a local. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like superb idea like, i can't even say that much um i myself i have an account and i'm going to new york because i'm doing this whole show about new york bagels versus montreal bagels oh amazing and like and i remember like you have a local in new york and i need someone to let me know where to shoot in terms of food and stuff so like i'm definitely gonna use wanderer yeah but in terms of that like go ahead yeah no you should um i'll definitely connect you with some of them and um you know, what's interesting about New York, too, and multiple places now is post-COVID, like, I was just in New York before I came down here, so, like, in December, and I was like, oh, all my favorites have closed, and so I really have to ask my friends and the locals, like, you know, what's the, what's the new thing? Like, where would you get a bagel if my favorite bagel place closed during COVID? So, with, like, turnover and stuff, it's, it's really helpful to be able to connect with people that are in the know and like what's what's the most current. So yeah, I'm happy to connect you with bagels. You know, it's really hard. So bagels are great. It's really hard to find croissants, like good croissants in New York. But really? I have a couple of recommendations. Was... Yeah. And they're, oh, they are definitely off way. the beaten path. Like there's, a, this, sorry, this is the total side note, but there is like this little cafe that was run by Moroccans and but Morocco's like a French colony. So their croissants were like unbelievable. Like they, they were the source, like the best like French croissants at a Moroccan bakery. But um, yeah, it's really hard to find good. But I can give you my, my top five and um, our locals can give you their recommendations for bigger places. Yeah, like send it forward, send it forward. Because like, like you said, like using Airbnb experiences, sometimes it's like, oh, I'm not quite sure if this person is actually who they say they are. Yeah. But like actually having a local experience or local guidance is a lot, it's so useful. Um, but like real quickly, like for my audience that doesn't know how we met, we, we just met through Invest Ottawa. They just connected us through email. And that's how we were about to talk. And what I really admired about like um your journey is just so authentic in the way that like you're actually someone that travels i don't know about you but you meet other founders like they don't actually do the things they're trying to solve so it's kind of like a disconnect there so like you're actually wandering around like right now you're in the bahamas like by the way how's the bahamas (laughs) right now with the whole pandemic and the and the whole situation um so the bahamas is good actually so they they're like one of the few countries like Greece and Spain that really tried to keep their borders open during COVID because their industry really thrives on tourism, but they are very organized in terms of testing and 
um, making sure everyone's safe and travelers are safe and the hotels and, and um, like restaurants. So there's like a lot of free testing around the island. Things are starting to become a bit more relaxed, like the rest of the world. But um, yeah, it's the industry here is picked up. It's it's very different than last year. It's very very busy. Um, but yeah, it, it's true. I used to work in digital health in New York. I worked for a large healthcare system, and I would meet founders um, who were developing start like health startups. And it's like you've never worked in a hospital and you don't know anything about healthcare. This is really crazy that you're trying to tackle a problem that you don't know the full scope of. And so yes, I don't I don't come from like a hospitality industry background, but um you know I I've traveled extensively and lived extensively in different countries. And I actually the first time I thought of this idea was like back in 2015 and I was like I, I was in Puerto Rico and we were trying to find a restaurant that was like authentic Puerto Rican food and I was like I wish I could text someone and just like ask and there wasn't like a service but I was caught up kind of in my New York job and then a couple of years later when I was living in Barcelona that's when I was like wow I really had the best experiences when I'm speaking to a local because I want to do like, I want to see the Eiffel tower. I want to, you know, eat paella in Barcelona. Like I want to do these things, but they're not necessarily tours. It's just like, how do I get the best deal? So like, for instance, speaking to a local in, in Paris, they're like, well, if you want to go up the Eiffel Tower and escape all the lines, you should book dinner in the Eiffel Tower. The food's really good. You're like VIP, like past the lines. And it's like an amazing experience. I was like, I would never have known that. Like maybe you would have to read like 10 blogs or watch like 20 TikTok videos to finally get to that. But like just having immediate answers is so helpful. Um, and, and yeah, so this like idea has really come out of all my travels and like speaking to locals and understanding that they're really the ones in the know. And how do we make this more accessible to like everybody, you know? And you know what? Like, it's so interesting because um, I had some friends who go, who went to islands and they don't understand that islands is like a barter system most of the time, especially if you're trying to get a taxi somewhere. And they were so shocked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like I had a friend who's like, Chris, like I wish you told me when I went to when I went to like Jamaica that like I had to hassle to get a good fare for taxis. Cause like people just take get taking advantage, especially if they know you're not from here. And just having that local yeah. know, know how that like what what's a fair rate for something is so advantageous. Yeah. Um yeah. Go, go ahead. Yeah. Certain countries, you know, and it's unfortunate because maybe that's like a, a not negative side. Well, some of it's a negative side, right? Like how do you avoid kind of those negative pitfalls from traveling? No one writes about negative stuff. No one wants to like with the negative things. Um, so for instance, in Morocco, I like went to a museum and they were like, yeah, so that's 20, 20 euros or whatever. And I had just arrived and hadn't converted any money. And they took my 20 euros because that's what you would pay like in a major city in like Europe, right? And then 
I, someone I was talking to a local and they were like, what you pay 20 euros. It's like the equivalent conversion was like $2, like two euros. So I was like, Oh my God, they didn't even correct me, you know, but this must be like a common thing that everybody knows. And there's a, a scam that they do in Morocco too, where they tell you a local market. And this has now happened to like three people I've talked to. And I was like, why isn't this on a website? Like, why aren't we telling each other and like sharing these stories that help you avoid? Um, so yeah, I think like blogs and TikToks are really helpful, but I think talking to a local to find out these, like how to, what are the cultural norms around bargaining or prices and, and things? There's something that's interesting going on here around COVID in the Bahamas where there's a list of like COVID related testing sites. So like you're supposed to buy a voucher and then go to these sites and get a COVID test. And the nurse here has been charging an extra $20. Oh. And so I called the Bahamas tourism line. And I was like, why is she charging? And they're like, no, she's not supposed to be doing mm-hmm. that. And it's happening again and again and again. So we're telling clients and telling people because they don't know any better. It's like, she's saying, oh, it's on the weekend or we're like a private and that's all fibs. Um, so yeah, it helps talking to locals. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I'm going off on tangents. I, I just want to add that because like, and, and this is the advantage, right? Because it's like, it's so much better than having like an algorithm system that gets you the best deal, the best itinerary. Because you having that local that lets you know right now, right there, like, hey, you're being taken advantage of, it's so yeah. much worth like having that sense of touch. And like, because I know, like, I've, I myself got taken advantage of when I went uh, to Southeast Asia. You know, when I bought some stuff over there, I realized that I overpaid, like, significantly. Like, I don't want to <laughs> oh, share no. how much I overpaid. I was so embarrassed by it. But like, yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, like, this, this is one of the things people don't like know about traveling that, that happens yeah. so often that people don't know yeah, about. Yeah, 100%. Go ahead, like, there's, um, there's other things like in Greece. Um, and so this isn't negative, but it's like, wow, I, so buried. So you can't rent a car in Greece as an American citizen. You can if you have a Canadian driver's license, but not American driver's license. Do so you need an international driver's license to rent a car? And that is not really something well known. It takes a while to get the license. You have to have a printout of it. Um, and so a lot of people get a lot of Americans get stuck going to Greece, not being able to rent anything. And then the taxis are really expensive. That's another example. Um, another one would be just like food, which is like a common request. You know, like if you're in, especially for digital nomads, which we cater to a lot. So some of these like living questions where you're spending a lot of time in the country. So like, where can I get a haircut where can I get like a new pair of Nike sneakers or I'm planning a trip to go hiking. I didn't have my hiking shoes or um, related to food. Sorry. Coming back to that. It's like, I'm in, I'm I keep using France as an example, but I'm in France. I'm like tired of French food. Like where can I just get like a really good pizza? Um, we're here in the Bahamas. A lot of people go to the big major hotels because they're like, well-known name chefs 
but really some of the food best food is like outside of them and so some people are like can you tell me examples that are outside the big names or I'm sick of Caribbean food can you tell me where to get like really good sushi um so we that's the like we help you avoid the negative scams we help you uncover um, how to explore mainstream things like a bit differently. And then we help you like figure out stuff that you might not even know, like just have you gotten health insurance or the international license. And then the essence of like getting off the bean path for digital nomads, which is a big one. Um, where's like really good Wi-Fi so I can do Zoom calls for coffee and facades. Um, because not everywhere has WeWorks or co-working spaces. Speaking of digital nomads thing, um, I find that very interesting because that's something that's very growing more and more, um, especially in, here in Canada. Like, I don't know about you, but I'm on my group of friends. Um, some of them just decided, like, I'm be working from home forever. I don't need to get a place anymore. I'll just work off my van. <laughs> like, this is it. So, like, I'm sure for you, like, that trend must be so helpful for your business, right, at, at that current point? Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. I, we're seeing, so our market is really um, millennials, people that have really busy lives and might not have time to, like, do all the research and want, you know, kind of these curated itineraries, but also meet the adventure side of them. But we're also seeing a lot with the digital nomad movement within the millennial population. So maybe they haven't bought a house yet and they haven't had a family. So they have more flexibility to like use this opportunity in their life to travel and work. Um, and so we're seeing a, a huge uptick, uptick in the number of, of digital nomads and uh, certain services. So hotels are, are providing longer stays. Um, they're providing like Wi-Fi packages and, and things like that. But there's still questions that come like, what can I get a short term rental on cars like for a month or um, a bus pass or like transportation passes. So there's or like health insurance, things that really impact digital nomads. Um, gym memberships, like if you're living somewhere, where can I get a gym membership that I don't have a year contract? Um, so we, we're really, we're really for that short-term traveler that's getting off the bean path, but that long-term traveler that has these like living questions, or maybe they've seen everything, right? Like you would, you see the top 10, but now you're, you're living there and you still want to explore and get deeper we have those like more unique experiences um but that's so cool like that's so like such a crazy time to think about like that trend would be like such an uptick because i never thought like people w would want to start living like in within not having like a how do you say like the straight and narrow structure of life you know like you got a house you just travel like two weeks two times a year but now people are just saying, I'm just going to travel wherever. Like, I don't care. Even now on YouTube, I'm seeing people with kids, picking up the kids and just traveling, like going to Thailand, going to Philippines and just going all abroad. So like, it's so interesting to see that 
I guess like that was that was one of the weird benefits of COVID, <laughs> like just to see people was getting their freedom and ability to like migrate all over. Yeah, I think COVID has really long term lasting effects on like how we live and how we travel. And so I think a lot of people realize the the need for work-life balance. The businesses have understood that people are more productive if they work out of an office sometimes and have that work-life balance. Um, you know, there is this conversation of like people overworking because you're not commuting or you're not going to hour lunches with people. But I think if we can bring in the travel aspect and you're having that work-life balance of working but then exploring and enjoying travel um is is really interesting so it's it's nice to see that people are traveling more and getting out there i think what's also happened with covid the immediate impact that we're seeing is people are starting to check off things off their bucket list they're like, I haven't traveled in a really long time. What would be my ultimate like travel vacation? I'm gonna do it. And I don't know if it's a sense of like COVID might happen again. I'm <laughs> like, I better like squeeze this in now, or this built up like excitement. But people are are now saying, this is the time. You know, this is the time to like go climb Machu Picchu. This is the time to spend that month in Bali or, um, you know, learn how to surf. So people are really checking off a lot of their bucket list things um, and, and taking more risks, I think, now that you understand, like, the importance of travel and the importance of freedom and flexibility and that work like that. So it's great. It's, like, such an amazing energy when – not maybe still not in the airports airports are still like crazy stressful but like once people get to their destinations like here in the bahamas people are just so excited and it's really it's really nice and like for me like the last few weeks in my instagram feeds everyone's been in mexico like i feel like every single person i know from different like friend groups like toronto ottawa montreal they've all been to mexico the last few weeks i don't know what's going on but like I feel as though these people were also are also inkling to also go somewhere and they just don't know how to do it. Cause everything comes down to get a better deal, but also it takes a lot of planning, you know, just going like let's say for instance to like Germany. You know, it takes so much like knowledge and know-how. Um, but like yeah, like I guess I guess like, I have a bit of your idea about like the COVID restrictions, but like what do you think about the future of travel? Like you said that people are inkling to do the bucket list places to go for traveling. But do you think like the whole travel, the way people travel now will completely change? Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's really interesting because it's a quick, the market's emotions and initiatives to travel is changing month by month. So in the summer there, people were still, cautious and traveling just domestically very few people were traveling long-hauled international flights um but and then in the fall and winter people were still like if, if you looked at polls people were still a little weary because of the omicron but started to get out there and um we're seeing 
more more bookings, more relaxation of COVID rules. New York just um, waived the vaccination to be able to travel there. So um, with the relaxation, I'm sure things are going to like open up. But I think you're right. One of the things that Wanda really contemplated during COVID is do we take that on? Do we take on COVID restrictions and be that channel for information? And at first we we were like, no, because it's so hard to keep up with all the different countries because they vary so much. But what we realized too through our chat platform that we had, that it would be really beneficial because the locals on the ground really know where you can get testing, how much it should cost, the efficiency of testing, um, and what the guidelines are, because sometimes the websites don't update uh, right away. So for instance, in England, I went to a travel conference, WTN in November, and I had to have three different COVID tests and actually spent an extra night in the London Heathrow Airport Hotel because I didn't get my test results in time. Um, and so it was it was then where I was like, I was we were texting locals like, where is the best place to get like a COVID test so I could get my results back in time to get on the flight? Um, so that that um, that was a little difficult. So I think COVID travel restrictions are going to ease up. They, but it's so hard to predict if they're going to like go back into place if there's another variant that happens in the fall um, or when vaccines and non-vaccines. So we've actually, I was just speaking to someone yesterday. She's like, why do you, would Wander be interested in like really building some information or product that is just targeted to unvaccinated people? Because there's this, I think, answers your Mexico um, question, because there's very few countries that allow unvaccinated people. So Mexico is one of them. Um, Bahamas. Yeah, Bahamas is another one. Um, But Turks and Caicos is closed and uh, BBIs and some other Caribbean countries if you're not vaccinated. And so there's a lot of questions for unvaccinated people on how to travel and um, while we aren't just like focused on the unvaccinated, we're focused on like all of COVID travel. It, um, I think there really is a, for me, so I have to, I have to confess, um, that I traveled all throughout COVID because of the industry that I'm in and my husband's in and travel and tourism, we have to go, uh, where seasonal work is, um, and, it, that's how I was trying to keep up with the no of travel restrictions as I was texting people I knew and, and locals in each of the area. So yeah, I think it's it's still one of, that's how Wander's kind of addressing COVID and, and um, trying to help people travel during like crazy COVID times. Yeah, but hopefully these crazy COVID times are over with because I am tired of Me these too. restrictions. <laughs> uh, but like, because uh, like right now, Ottawa, uh, there's no more vaccine passports when you're going to out and eat, which is great, fantastic. But I'm just always curious to know, like, people that are unvaccinated, like, how they can get back into the country because 
you know, you need you still need to be double vaccinated to leave the country to come back from what I remember with the mandates. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't I don't know how they're gonna do that. Um, but but yeah, it's really like there's all these like gray areas. Like someone in the summer was was asking me, I was helping them with their trip um throughout Europe and he was he was like, So am I allowed to fly from Europe into the United States and then into Canada? I was like, Yeah, sure, no problem. And sure enough, no, like it wasn't allowed. And he should have probably not asked me, Canadian, but asked someone in the US because he had to change his flight and, and fly. So there's all these like gray areas around flying and, and pass through countries and things like that but it's kind of very difficult it's it's so weird it, it's 100 percent weird and like so strange because i remember at one point canada um made people stay at hotels yes i was one of them yes that was ridiculous oh man those are so annoying and now like australia who which was pretty strict at one point with the covid um, they said there's no more quarantining when you like enter the country, and I feel like that's going to be the trend going forward. Yeah, but like it's such a pain in the butt because like you're here, and especially if you're working like normal job, like salary job, you only have a specific amount of days to travel, and you don't want to spend like five days in a hotel room just looking outside, yeah, like doing nothing. Yeah, yeah. No, I hear you, and and it's it's true. It's a good point because like. The U.S. is five days quarantine, or is that the U.K.? Anyways, people are changing the quarantine lengths. Like, if you did get COVID, um, one thing that was happening, too, is people were testing positive for COVID and Omicron, even though they had quarantine for 14 days. And if you kept testing positive for COVID, then you can't travel. But the workaround is a doctor's note. And that was something that we've had to troubleshoot here in the Bahamas, that people don't think they can enter the country. We're like, no, no, you can. You just need a doctor's note. Um, the other thing, we're on a sailboat, and there's a requirement here that you have to get tested on the fifth day. And we're helping again. Like, I'm not a local of Bahamas, but I spent seven months here a year. And we're like, no, no, you don't. If you're on a sailing vessel or like a boat of anything you don't need to get tested on that five days. But these are these are the questions where you think everything's clear on the website. There's always like these conundrums, like unique situations where people are like, the what if? Um, so yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I hope COVID and all these permutations of COVID travel, testing, vaccinating, slowly go away, but Part of me thinks it's going to be slow. and um, you, you think so? Because, like, I barely hear, well, with the war going on with Russia and Ukraine, like, I barely hear anything about COVID, but, which is fair. Like, there's a war going on in Europe. But, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like it's just over. It's, like, done. Like, they, they just don't give up. they be like, hey, just come in. Like, interest rates are going are going through the roof. Like, we, make, we need tourism. Like, we yeah. need a flow of economy yeah. here. Like, hopefully... Because I'm dying to go back to Portugal. So. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm, I'm, I'm very biased. Yeah, here. well, I think there. I think this will go away, but I think, 
I think this will loosen up and things will go away, but I think it'll probably change travel moving forward. So if there's like another wave of flu or something else that we might see more mask wearing or like more antigen testing, you know, just double checking things so that more preventative measures, I guess is what I'm, I'm, I'm thinking will happen than reactive measures in travel in the future. Um, this is my like hypothesis um, coming from a public health background, um, but who knows, who knows? But the next wave of flu will happen in the fall. And I think that will be telling to see what preventative factors are or what happens. Mm, well, I guess I got to travel to summer then if it's going to be in the fall. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's true. Oh, Get out there. Um, okay, like lastly, I don't want to take too much of your time, but I, last time we spoke, we spoke about like uh, making traveling safe for uh, minorities and uh, LGBTQ2S plus community. Um, like, let, let's just talk about it because that was something that was very telling for me when I was going through my startup journey. So for people that don't know, I was trying to create an itinerary for people going out with friends or people going out on dates. And one of my once someone that was doing my survey like specifically asked me like like what about me I am someone part of that community but sometimes I feel unsafe or certain places don't have the accessibility that I need to actually go out and enjoy a place with my friends and I never really saw that point of view of it but I'm sure as you as well like you probably heard that from feedback so let's talk about it because that's something that that's never really discussed about traveling making it safe for people that are. BIPOC or within the, those communities? Uh, like, any thoughts on it? Well, as you know, like, just traveling, there's different cultural norms and societal and political norms, and I'm very observant to that because I'm, I'm just very curious from an anthropological, like, kind of standpoint. It's, like, where different countries stand and progress and how open people are to us. And sometimes I'm, like, super surprised that you know Greece that sometimes I feel like when I'm going on the islands I'm like going back in time because nothing's in English and you know people people are living in small communities and and still farming and like wine in their backyards but then there's a very welcoming LGBT community in in Mykonos um, more than I thought, you know, there's LGBT bars and clubs and, and promotional things in Mykonos and some of the other smaller islands, but not all of them. But um, I think it is very difficult for that community to find what is safe, how open can you be when you're traveling that you won't get harassed on the street and, and, uh, especially getting off the beaten path, you know, it's one thing if you're surrounded in a large tourist site and around a big public or close to, you know, it, it, police stations or pedestrian police that might be able to help you. But um, I think when it comes to going to smaller villages or mountains and getting off the beaten path, you want to ensure that you're safe. Um, what was interesting at the conference is I think the travel and hospitality industry is really hearing this need from the community. And um, there were a lot of advertising and maps and initiatives done by 
um, tourism boards of, of different cities, Barcelona um, including, which would have, they, they had like a focus on the LGBT community and like um, things for, that would be of interest to them and things that were safe for them. Um, and other tourism boards expressed interest or said that they had something in the works. Um, and that's what Wander wanted to do too, is like work with these tourism boards and our community of locals who represent the LGBT community um, to kind of help them build those itineraries or, or those facts. So I think there's a need. I see the need. I hear the need. Um, and then it's really positive to see that there's there's a movement happening to it, not just like small startups like myself, but like a larger movement uh, in the works. That, that's so good to hear. And, you know, like myself, I'm still trying to understand like their issues sometimes that comes through. Um, I was able to actually listen to a talk from Rainbow Railroad, which is a conversation here in Canada that just allows people from those communities to migrate to Canada where it's safe. So, like, it's it's something that never, like, it's so hard because you live in a little own world sometimes. You forget what our people go through. And, like, it just was, was just so telling. I was like, wow, like, yeah, like, they need to feel safe as well when they're out and about doing what they're doing. So keep up the good work, um, Lauren. Like, I, I'm so appreciative because, like, they're very un underserved sometimes. You know, they're very underrepresented and underserved. Yeah, yeah. I think... Um you know, growing up in Canada, we're so multicultural and um, we come from different backgrounds and we influence each other with our cultural, religious beliefs and, and where we come from. And it kind of melts in and this idea of respect. But we forget that some countries do still come from like a very religious background and not as progressive, not as open. Um, and so there's there's still kind of this unacceptance of it. Um, but yeah, I think, again, the travel industry understands there's huge, um, there's that's a huge market of people that want to travel. Like, and if you're missing out on this opportunity and they um, are really willing to travel and come and, you know, do a different experiences. So, yeah, I think um, the travel industry is being very responsive to it now. Well, okay, well, that, well, that's good to know. <laughs> that's really good to know. Well, okay, you know what, Lauren, one more question. Like, I, I got to know, what, like, give us, like, a travel story, like, your favorite travel story, the travel moment that you had. I was like, wow, like, I'm so happy. It was worth the headache of going, taking a plane, bringing my bag <laughs> to, to the <laughs> Um, actually it's something super local. It's, it's one of my, like, I have lots of favorite travel. Um, but I think one of them that was most surprising was my trip to Newfoundland in Canada. And oh wow! I think this is, you know, talking about getting off the beaten path. Um, people have expressed like how amazing it is and like, um, it's starting to pick up in tourism, especially in Canada, as a destination that is kind of authentic and off the main path. Mm -hmm. But it has incredible hikes and coastlines and 
cute, quaint um, little villages with great baking and fish and food. Um, you can drive across the whole province within a day and stop at different locations. And then there's so much history there from, mm-hmm. um, you know, the Viking artifacts that they found to the fishing communities. Um, so it's a really interesting place and the people are amazing and, and friendly kind of like, um, oh my goodness, I'm forgetting the name of the, the Broadway show that's about come, come from away that talks okay. about like how friendly Newfoundland people mm-hmm. are. And I will vouch for that. So that one, I was like, cause you, you have to take a couple flights um, sometimes mm-hmm. depending where you're coming from. And it's, you know, very way out there so, but um i gotta say it, it is an expensive flight from ottawa to newfoundland i gotta say that by the way yeah yeah i've been trying to go to newfoundland too it's i can't i can't justify that cost of flying because it's almost the same price as going to miami yeah or somewhere else in the states yeah but yeah like but keep going i'm so sorry to interrupt you but like no 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 newfoundland. yeah i know um it's funny i i agree with you i feel like i've seen more of the world than my own countries sometimes because of the cost mm-hmm. of flights in Canada. But um, yeah, I, I like lovely land, but living in the States for 12 years, I've traveled all around and um, from California to Utah, Miami, Houston, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, I, that one just comes to mind, but I've been, there's so many stories. I don't know where to start. Um <laughs> But yeah, if people have any questions around South America or Europe or East Asia, Wander and our locals and myself are here to help you plan and answer any questions that you might have. Oh, perfect. Well, I love to, to end the podcast this way. So guys, if you're traveling, go check out wanderlikeme.com. So are you still in the beta phase or are you now past beta? No, we're past, past beta. Um, we'll be releasing a new um, version of the website actually in a couple of weeks that um, will allow travelers to act- access three itineraries for free from each country. So you can... Nice. Get a sense of like what our locals recommend and all the content that's in the itinerary. So the activity description, pictures, restaurant recommendations, maps. Um, so that's all free um, starting in a couple weeks. So we'd love for people to check it out. And uh, this summer we're going to be partnering with hotels in Europe, in Greece, mm-hmm. London and Portugal. Um and so you'll have to check us out. We'll be releasing more stuff on our website about those hotels that we'll be partnering with. Oh, nice. Well, I'm going to check it out because I'm dying to go back to Portugal. I want some vino verde. I want some port wine. Yeah, so good. This is what I want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pure, pure chicken. But anyways. <laughs> anyways, everyone, uh, we're going to head out. Lauren, thanks so much for being a guest today. And um, enjoy, enjoy your time in the Bahamas. Thank you. My pleasure. I'll see you soon in Ottawa. Thanks for listening to this week's show of Coffee and Croissant. Feel free to share with your friends and family. As always, all of mine and my guest socials are in the description below. See you in the next one.